today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's a beautiful picture of how people will want our Jesus when they see our love for Jesus. The desire of every man, woman, and child ever born is for unfailing love. Unfailing love. And there's only one from whom the unfailing love can come, and that's from the Lord, who is love. Everyone longs to love and be loved unconditionally. God designed all people to desire deep love, yet the world seeks it in all the wrong places. But as Pastor J.D. explains today, people should see the love you have for Jesus and His love reflected in your life and seek after that. So are you shining his love to a lost world? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Song of Songs, chapter 6, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Here in chapter 6... The newlywed wife returns to her husband after she missed him in chapter 5 when he had stood at the door and knocked. And so now they're going to be reunited. She comes back to him and uh, quite a reunion and a reconciliation of sorts. And there's quite a lesson here, I think, for us, and it's, I think, the reason why we have this in our Bibles. So I sought the Lord concerning how He would have me to teach this chapter, and I sensed that it was all about coming back to Jesus. Key word, back. Coming back to the Lord. All of the things in our Christian lives that distance us from the Lord. I think about what James wrote, that when we draw near to Him, He in turn draws near to us. You know what's interesting about that? It infers, implies that there is this propensity to become distant from the Lord. Otherwise, why would there be a need to draw near to the Lord? Come back to the Lord. And this is what I believe is the takeaway, as we're going to see here especially, and I know I say this every week now, and rightfully so, I suppose. I mean, I think you would agree that times we're living in, (laughs) they're becoming increasingly more perilous, seemingly with each passing day in 2 Timothy chapter 3, where the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy says, this is what is going to mark the last days, perilous times, terrible times, evil times, because every single one of those 19 things on Paul's list that will mark the last days when perilous times come is apropos for exactly where we're at in this world today. I mean, it is, for lack of a better word, chilling in every sense of the word. So, 
Let's go ahead and jump in. Verse 1, we're going to sort of spill over from chapter 5 because she's still having this dialogue, as it were, with the daughters of Jerusalem. And in verse 1 they they say something very interesting in response to her. They say, where has your beloved gone, O fairest among women? Where has your beloved turned aside? And then they say this, that we may seek him with you all. Did you catch that? Now keep in mind, in chapter 5 and really prior, she has expressed how lovesick she is. I mean, sick with love. <laughs> sick in a, you, you know Jesus is coming when sick is a cool word now amongst the youngest generation. I'll never forget when my son came home from school, this was about three, four years ago. And you know, I was telling him about something. He goes, wow, Baba, that's sick. I'm like, what? Are you sick? He says, no, that's sick. I said, what do you mean sick? He said, no, that's cool. I said, wait, sick is synonymous with cool? He said, yeah. I said, Jesus is coming back, man. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, oh well, I digress. But she was lovesick. I mean, it had, her love for him had so affected her that she couldn't eat. She was impacted, her emotions, emotionally and even physically. She was just, I mean, smitten, if you will, in love with him. And her love for him had this much needed effect of now, I suppose, arousing the curiosity of the daughters of Jerusalem, so much so that, oh my, <laughs> oh fairest among women, what is it about him that has made you like this? Because we would like to know that too. We would like to know him too. You know where I'm going with this, right? It's a beautiful picture of how people will want our Jesus when they see our love for Jesus. The desire of every man, woman, and child ever born is for unfailing love, unfailing love. And there's only one from whom the unfailing love can come, and that's from the Lord who is love. Not just has love, He is love. That's who He is. It's not what He has or what He has to offer. No, that's just who He is. He is love. And they are so impacted by her love for him that now they want to know him too. Oh, would to God that they would say of us that we would be numbered amongst those of whom they said, oh, they must have been with Jesus. Look at them. Look at, look at how they're acting. I mean, they're just all goo goo gaga, you know, just in love with the Lord. And they want that, and they want to know that. And so it is the perfect opportunity for us to lead them to the Lord. Oh, that we may seek Him with you. 
That should be the desire of every single one of us in our lives, is that we would have those whom God has brought into our lives say to us that we may seek Him with you. Verse 2, My beloved has gone to his garden, to the beds of spices, to feed his flock in the gardens, and to gather lilies. I am my beloved's, verse 3, and my, my beloved is mine. He feeds his flock among the lilies. Well, now this is interesting, because it's almost like she now realizes that she never really lost him to begin with, even though it did feel like she missed him and he was distant from her. He'd never left her or forsaken her, and she knows where he is. And it's almost like she didn't really find him. She hadn't lost him, so you're not going to find that which is not lost in the first place. It's almost like he sort of found her instead. How so? Well, she realizes, oh, I know where he's gone. I know where he is. He's in his garden. He's feeding his flock in the gardens. And then she says in verse 3, and this is poignant, isn't it? And she says first, not my beloved is mine. No, she says, I am my beloved's. And then she says, and my beloved is mine. In other words, he belongs to me, I belong to him, and no thing or no one is ever going to separate me from the love that God has for me. That's Romans 8. That's a chapter we talk about often, right? And for good reason, again, as well. If you ever, ever doubt the love that God has for you, you need to spend some time in Romans chapter 8, because it's a much needed reminder that nothing can separate you. No demons, no principalities, no angels, no height, nor depth, nor anything created. No thing can ever separate you from the love that He has for you. Now, does that mean that there's not those times when the Lord just seems distant? Of course there's going to be those times. But I think we do err greatly when we interpret those times as God, when He's distant, not loving us as He once did. Now what we're about to see is really going to be encouraging, because when they're finally reunited, all oh, the love that comes from Him to her. There's no mention you're going to see conspicuously absent from this song is any mention, any hint of her husband ever saying anything to her like, hey, you snooze, you lose. I knocked, you didn't answer, so you missed out. And now I've got to teach you a lesson. You blew it. Why do I say it like that? Because don't we think like that? Come on, let's be honest with ourselves. 
you know, we mess up. And we falter, we fall. (laughs) And is it not our sin nature, our human nature to automatically assume, I I, I kind of blew it. You know, I better lay low, you know, for a while. Because when I get, when I come back, I'm going to get a licking. I don't, we don't say it like that anymore. (laughs) I mean, I'm in big trouble. I mean, surely the Lord is upset with me. What, is the Lord surprised? Could you imagine that? I mean, how absurd is that? Can you imagine the Lord in heaven going, you did it again? I, when, when did this happen? I, I can't believe it. What in the world? No, like the Lord's disappointed or surprised? No. He's all-knowing. And by the way, He's already paid in full for that sin. So don't let the enemy come in and build this infrastructure of guilt and condemnation in your life, because that's Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, very interesting, I think it's verse 14, I could be wrong, where Paul says something so fascinating. He says that sin will no longer have dominion over you. Now at first read, you read that and you think to yourself, wait, so sin is no longer my master. Wait a minute, I still sin though. How is that even possible? It certainly can't be the temptation to sin no longer having dominion over me because I'm always going to be tempted. And oh, by the way, so too was Jesus tempted. So it can't be that. So if it's not that, what is it? It's not the temptation to sin, it's the guilt of sin. No longer is master over you, dominates you, has dominion over you. Don't let the enemy do that to you. So you sinned, and it's already been paid for, so that guilt, that condemnation no longer has dominion over your life. It no longer dominates. It can't. You've been freed from the domination of the guilt of sin. And I, you know, Christians unnecessarily, and I maybe need to harp on this just for a moment longer, if you'll indulge me. This is where Christians get in trouble, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it, and needlessly spend unnecessary time, distance from the Lord under the banner of that guilt, when all they had to do was get to the cross, where that sin was paid for in full. And see, Satan will do everything he can to keep you from going to the cross, where forgiveness is instant, instantaneous. But he doesn't want you to have that instant forgiveness He wants you to be crushed under the weight of that guilt and condemnation for as long as he can. Because you have to understand that his strategy shifts. Before we come to Christ, he will do everything to keep us from coming to a saving knowledge of Christ. Then we get saved. 
And then he has to, you know, strategize and change his strategy. So now that I'm saved and secure and sealed, he no longer, he's already lost that one. He can't keep me from Christ. But after I'm saved, he can distance me from Christ. And then I'm out. This is exactly where he wants me. This is exactly where he wants you. I'm out from underneath that spout where God's blessing comes out as a hymn of old. So eloquently said it. You could say it like this. Satan will try to keep you out from underneath that spout where the grace and mercy of God comes out for as long as he can get away with it. And we let him get away with it. We so cooperate with him in that regard. And unnecessarily, and I can just imagine the Lord in heaven just, oh, if you would but come to me, come back to me, get to me as quickly as you can. Because every minute you spend under that crushing weight of guilt and condemnation is a minute that you wasted, that you did not need to spend there. Get to me. Come back to me. I love you. I'm not angry at you. That's a biggie too, isn't it? One of the greatest truths, freeing truths in my life, was when I came to the realization that my relationship with the Lord was severely damaged because I viewed my heavenly father through the lens of my earthly father. And that's exactly where Satan wanted me because my relationship with my earthly father was not a very good one. He was always mad at me. I'm sure I gave him good reason to always be mad at me, but he was always angry with me. And I never wanted to be around him, and I would always want distance from him. And I lived, regrettably and sadly, many of my early years as a young believer thinking like that. And when I came to the realization that my Heavenly Father loved me and there was nothing I could do to make Him love me less, it changed everything. It changed the whole complexion of my relationship with Him. I never looked back. And my only regret was that I did not come to that truth. I was not freed by that truth sooner in my life. He loves me so much there is no way you'll ever, this side of heaven, be able to grasp the infinite love that He has for you. You cannot, I cannot. Why? Because we are finite, He is infinite. And it would be like trying to contain the entire volume of the oceans on the planet into a finite cup of water. It cannot happen. That's the love that He has for you. I mean, if you just let that sink in (laughs) and allow the Holy Spirit to minister that to you, I think it will change everything for you in your relationship with Him. Verse 4, Oh my love, You are as beautiful as Tirza, lovely as Jerusalem, awesome as an army with banners. Turn your eyes away from me. I can't, I can't take it for they have overcome me. I'm just overcome. I just, uh, they're so captivating. 
Your hair. Now this is going to sound familiar for good good reason. We saw this earlier. Your hair. (laughs) I'm sorry for laughing. It's like a flock of goats going down from Gilead. Now for those of you who were here, I think it was chapter 4. It might have been chapter 5. Chapter 4 I think. Think of it like this. In Israel, the, the hills and the goats and just flowing down. Beautiful. The black hair. Long flowing black hair. So just make sure you qualify that, guys, if you ever tell your wives that her hair looks like a flock of goats. She may not receive it initially. (laughs) Verse 6, it gets better. We talked about this one too. Your teeth. What about my teeth? They are like a flock of sheep. What? (laughs) Which have come up from the washing. In other words, they're white. And then everyone bears twins, and none is barren among them. In other words, you don't have any teeth missing. Isn't that nice? Thank you, honey, so much for that. Like a piece of pomegranate are your temples behind your veil. Wow. So after returning to him, you would think that there might even just be a a corrective word of, oh, now you want to come back to me. Where were you the other day when I was knocking on the door? Apparently you couldn't get up out of bed. You'd already washed your feet. You didn't want to get them dirty. That's fine. Oh, so now you want to, come on, is this not a, well, we need to talk about it, don't we? Because we do this in marriage, right? It's called the silent treatment. Oh, come on. Yeah, okay, so... And, and sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll punish them for like days. We'll teach them a lesson. Oh, no. I mean, he just gushes forth with nothing but loving words of affection towards her. I don't know, husbands, this should search our hearts, right? With how we treat our wives. And oh, by the way, let's talk about this for just a moment. He's telling her how much he loves her again. Point, our wives' husbands can never hear it enough. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in as we study the Word of God together. As we continue to learn from Song of Songs with Pastor J.D., we pray that you are overwhelmed by the love God has for you. His love is deep, and His love is never-ending. Some tend to shy away from this book, but the picture of love in it should not be avoided. God is love. If you're not part of a local loving church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today. Check out his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation, too. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Song of Songs together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Song of Songs on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 